0: Oh, no, dear woman ah. Oh, she's you, me Episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast will contain descriptions of acts of violence or of a sexual nature, and are for people that are eighteen years or older, heed my warning, people. Hello, everybody. I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast, and I certainly appreciate you joining me to listen to the podcast today. And I uh, love each and every one of our fans from across the world. We're now in 77 countries and we've surpassed 35,000 downloads today. And we're like, what, 10 episodes in. But really, really appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for listening. And Stay tuned at the end of today's episode. And I'm going to be giving a lot of shout outs to our patron members and fans and some other people who are worthy so thank you for listening and i really really appreciate you and don't forget to check out our private facebook page real life real crime friends fans and crew if you're not a member send us a request and we'll get you joined up we have the dream team moderators who i love that they've run the page and Take care of everything, y'all. If you're a fan of the show, join the page because it's constantly more information on each one of the episodes being posted, and our fans have discussion threads, etc. It's really interesting stuff, and I think you'll enjoy it. And if you enjoy real life, real crime, you'll certainly enjoy that page. But with that, we're going to get started on today's episode, which is called Catch You Later. In 2001, I was working as a deputy with the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office in the Uniform Patrol Division. And I was assigned to the east side of the parish in Livingston Parish. Now, geographically, for law enforcement reasons, Livingston Parish is divided into east and west sides. I was on the east side, which is a more rural area area of the parish which has a bunch of small towns and the waterways and the swamps and all that and the west side is the more populated side two major cities uh in the parish but anyway i was, I was assigned to the uniform patrol division and i was working the night shift and i knew where the bad spots were right i didn't just catch my calls you know we we answered the nine one one calls etc and did our public service and what have you but when calls slowed I hunted people every night. Back then, my big thing was hunting dope, right? So I knew where the dope areas were and the bad spots were, and I just had an eye for finding dope, and it's kind of what I did. So on this one night, I was close to a neighborhood south of Livingston off of Highway 63, and it's what I call the white ghetto, okay? And what it was was a trailer park. And if you could even call it that, and it was owned by a lady called Kathy Bernard and it's spelled B-A-R-N-A-R-D. And look, y'all, I mean, this is not like a trailer park where they have lots, individual lots for trailers or whatever. This is like some acres of land that have every shape and size of piece of junk trailer you can imagine just stuck in wherever And a lot of times we answer 911 calls out there for fights or domestic disturbances and what have you. And drug use was rampant. Really, really big place in general, really, really poor people and heavy drug use, et cetera. And now, I mean, these trailers, they had like more hot wired and extension cords running from trailer to trailer, stealing each other's electricity. And I'm sure they're. Wasn't much of a general septic system and probably quite a few what I call shit ditches in the back where the sewage just drains out. I mean, it's just a really trashy place. The drug use was heavy there. So I'd, I'd set up down the road from there one night and I saw a vehicle coming out with no tags on it. So I waited and I, until I got on Highway 63 and I initiated the traffic stop and called it in. And my unit number was 361, I said, 361 259 signal eighteen on such-and-such vehicle, Highway 63 south of I-12. 259 was the dispatch. That's the code for our dispatch. So I get out on, on the traffic stop. And the white female exits the driver's seat and identified her as Kelly Lynn Bernard. Of course, the name struck a bell with me. I'd never met her in person, but certainly I had met her mother who owned the trailer park. If you call it that, I met her mother many times because every time we call a call at that trailer park, Kathy Bernard, the mother had to stick her nose in the business. Right. And then let me describe Kathy Bernard to you. Kathy Bernard was a large woman. I mean, like I'm six foot two. I think she had to be close to my height and just really big woman just seemed real unkempt, Like. Long, grayish, dirty hair, stringy, whatever. She just was all up in everybody's business. And now she also was very connected, if you will, with the sheriff's office, being the fact that I know she gave a lot of information to Stan Carpenter, who then was over the narcotics division. He ultimately would end up being my chief of detectives when I became a detective. Stan told me. That one time he was in his office, which was a very, very small office. The rest of the detectives just had general offices at the time, but Stan in the narcotics division had an office that was separate from everybody else, which ended up being my office later on, my detective office, and where I conducted polygraphs. But he said, Kathy Bernard came in to give him some information one day. And when y'all say the office is small, it's maybe like eight feet across, not much bigger than a jail cell. And she's sitting there, and she's a big hulking lady, and he's waiting to get some information from her. And she looks at him, and she just lifts her right leg and rips one just. And Stan said, he said it shocked him so much that he couldn't say anything at first. And he said then the smell hit him, and it burned his eyes. He said, I just lost my shit. I was like, get the fuck Get the fuck out of my office. Just get the fuck out of my office. I can't believe you would do that. And I mean, she just ripped it on him on purpose, right? So there's kind of people that you're dealing with. But it, back to the traffic stop. Kelly gets out. I identify her as Kelly Bernard. This is my first encounter with her directly. I knew from street talk that she was a crack addict and a crack dealer. And she appeared to be higher than a kite when I'm talking to her eyes or Pupils are dilated. She's bouncing, et cetera. And she's like, I'm, not, I'm just coming from my mama's house. I'm just coming from my place at the trailer park. And I'm going to such, such. I said, look, you don't have a license plate on your vehicle. And she said, oh, well, it's not my vehicle. You know, it's not my vehicle. I just borrowed it. And I said, all right. And so I ran her for a warrant. She didn't have any. I called dispatch to check her name. She didn't have any. But then I just know, right? The the crack epidemic was still big back then. This before meth really took over. So I ran... The VIN number on the car and it came back as stolen. And now the reason I did that is crack dealers like to do what we call crack loaners. They'll have customers who have a vehicle and they don't for whatever reason because they don't have a license or they can't get license plates or insurance on a vehicle. So they'll trade crack To the person who has a vehicle, and then nine times out of ten, they don't ever bring it back until they just get tired of using it or whatever. And that person almost always ends up calling it in as a stolen vehicle at some point. Well, that's what the case was tonight. And so the vehicle came back stolen. And I asked Kelly whose car it was. She really couldn't say. Uh, She borrowed it from a friend who borrowed it from a friend. So I arrested her and advised her, Miranda rights, put her under arrest for possession of stolen property, which is Louisiana Revised Statute 1469. I had to wait on a tow truck and had the vehicle towed, and I brought her to the jail and booked her in. Yeah, I mean, she was hiring a kite, no doubt about it. I found a pipe in the car. I didn't even charge her with a, a crack pipe. That's a 401033, which is a Louisiana Revised Statute, and it's a misdemeanor. So I just charged her with possession of stolen property. Booked her in the jail, left, right? Two nights later, I'm back down, working the same area because all the complaints we've been getting on the crack dealing going on at Kathy Bernard's Trailer Park. Sure enough, I'm set up, comes another vehicle, and it's late, and this one had a busted taillight. So, I stop it, I call it in, 361-259-Signal-18, such-and-such vehicle, such-and-such location, right? Lo and behold, I call on the loudspeaker for the driver to step out, and guess what? It's Kelly Bernard again. And I'm like, Here we go. I walk up. I say, Hey, Miss Bernard, how you doing tonight? She said, Oh, shit, it's you again. I said, It's all right. It's me. I said, What's up? I said, You got a busted taillight. I said, Whose vehicle is it? And she said, Oh, I borrowed it from a friend. And I said, Oh, boy, here we go again. And the same drill, same procedure, and she wasn't ever disrespectful to me or anything. But the vehicle came back stolen. Dispatch called me and said three sixty one are you ten twelve? And back then we had uh, shoulder mics, and we didn't have the earpieces or anything like that. And so I, I stepped away from her and told her go ahead. And, and dispatcher came back said it's a stolen vehicle out of wherever. So once again. I arrested Kelly for possession of a stolen vehicle. So she knew what the drill was. She knew what time it was and began to talk to us. Hey, Kelly, it's obvious you're high on crack. I said, don't take offense to what I'm telling you. I said, I just like to talk to people and study them right. And in behavior, I like to learn about what goes on and what motivates them, et cetera. And, and she admitted that she said, well, I smoke crack. man." she said, and I borrowed the vehicle for somebody and they got some crack for it and that's it I said all right so took her to the jail now get this right this is two times I arrested her in three nights and then took her and I booked her in no big deal left on good terms and then (laughs) wasn't even a week later I'm set up in the same area Catch another vehicle coming out. Didn't have the white light required on the license plate. My probable cause for stopping it. So I'm initiated stop. Three, six, one, two, five, nine, signal 18. Such, such vehicles such such location. Guess who gets out? Kelly Bernard again. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. She had some other people in the vehicle with her that nice hub. Went ahead and called my partner on the road, John T. Wilkerson. And being that we were close, that where we were, we we're on Highway 63 in Livingston, which is... That geographical line I told you about that splits the parish east and west, pretty much Highway 63 is it. There were a couple other units that were at the jail, which is only like three or four miles away from where we were. And they heard me go out, and they knew I was going to do a vehicle search, et cetera, looking for dope. So they came, and Hunter Grimes, who ended up being the chief uh, walker PD, came. I remember him there. I think Ken McMorris, uh, another great deputy and good friend of mine, came. And we went through the whole process, vehicle stolen, and then they had, some of them had some crack and stuff arrested different people. And we're waiting on the tow truck. I'm talking to Kelly again. I said, Kelly, I said, how much crack do you smoke in a day? She said, probably two to $300 worth. I said, how in the hell do you get two to $300 a day? And she said, well, I certainly don't trick for it. And it just slipped out of my mouth. I said, I guarantee you don't because you couldn't make $30 a day tricking, you know, or being a prostitute. Well, I I forgot to describe what Kelly looked like at this time, right? She was just really strung out, just no makeup, long, dark hair, kind of kinky. I don't know what you call that. Not a perm, but kind of kinky hair and just nasty. It just slipped out, you know? (laughs) I said, you couldn't make, I said, you couldn't make $30 prostituting or tricking what the street term is for it i remember one of the other deputies said oh shit man you, i can't believe you said that i'm like i think she called me an asshole or something like that i thought i said no personal offense kelly you know i just you know probably shouldn't have said that. whatever so book her in and then it goes a long time and i hadn't seen her like months and months i mean it's been like five or six months and i'm working night shift and i get a call from a supervisor john Lauderdale, it's time and he calls me he said give me a 1021 he called me on the radio and the 1021 is the police code for giving me a call so i called him so what's up and he said what he said but what in the fuck did you do to kelly bernard so what are you talking about I, I said i hadn't seen her in months man probably four or five maybe six months he said it's 2 30 in the morning and she just called the sheriff sheriff willie gray's super guy like a father to me called him at his house and how she got his home number. I don't know. Woke him up and uh, got him on the phone. And she said, she called you everything but a child of God and said that you were harassing her. I said, well, that's funny as fuck because, you know, tell her to come in and make a formal complaint tomorrow. Cause I hadn't seen her since the last time I arrested her like five months ago. But so she calls the sheriff. Uh, obviously all cracked out is what John said. He said, so the sheriff called him and said, what the hell's going on? I said, well, you can call Willie back and tell him I hadn't seen that bitch in over five months. So that's how that ended, right? And and that was the last time I saw her. No, it was after that. I made a stop on somebody coming out of Catherine Menards Trailer Park one night, and they had some crack on them, and they gave me information That it was, they had just bought it from Kelly, at Kelly's residence. And I called Stan Carpenter, who was over narcotics at the time. Came out, worked it, and developed actually a search warrant for the residence based off that fact. And we were there serving the search warrant on Kelly's residence or trailer. She actually pulled up. And this is how smart she was. She actually pulled up while we were there searching, got out, and acted all pissed off like, what's going on, et cetera. Well, a search of her person found her to be in possession of crack when she pulls up to basically argue while we're there, et cetera. So she was arrested on that, that dope charge also, but she was always arrested, man. I mean, she was a frequent flyer times a million points. Again, I think that her mother, Kathy had a deal worked out with Stan Carpenter and they betrayed information or whatever. And her mom always bonded her out Using that property to bond her out, but she was always arrested. You go back and pull the records, it's like possession of stolen property and possession of this or stolen vehicle or whatever. So I get promoted to detective. Years go by and I get a call from two detectives with the state police. I'm going to give one of them his name, but I'm not going to give the other one because he still works undercover. The supervisor was. Kevin Duvall and we call Kevin Duvall big country we were when I worked uniform patrol he was in uniform patrol as a trooper for the state police and he was a sergeant over that shift and so I knew him before he got promoted to detectives with state police and the other one I'm just gonna call Bart he still does undercover work to this day so they call me say hey man we have a cold case homicide that happened in St. Helena Parish now St. Helena Parish is the parish just north of Livingston Parish, St. Helena Parish, ends at the Mississippi State Line. It's the neighboring parish, very, very rural, even way more rural than Livingston. I mean, there's nothing there. So anyway, they said that we have a cold case homicide, six years old, of a drug dealer. They got killed. They got shot in St. Helena. I'm we'll going come and talk to you about it. We developed a suspect. I said, cool, come on. And so they came in, and at this time, I had that office that I told you about earlier that Kathy Bernard, Kelly's mother, farted on Stan Carpenter in. And so they came to my office and told me that they had made an arrest on a guy. This guy gave information as to the cold case homicide in St. Helena Parish. They wanted to verify what the guy was saying is true before they proceeded, that he just wasn't trying to work out some kind of deal to get out of his charges. So Kevin and... Bart bring in Daldridge Bonacast, and that's spelled D-A-L-D-R-I-D-G-E is the first name, and the last name is B-O-N-N-E-C-A-Z-E. Now, Daldridge Bonacass came in, and they told me that he had stated that he was with Kelly Bernard back in 2001, and they were looking to get some dope. Some crack, and they didn't have any money. But Kelly knew this crack dealer in St. Helena Parish that she was really tight with. She used to stay with him and everything else. And his name was Ortha Ray Dorsey, D-O-R-S-E-Y. And so that night when they were jonesing for some crack, Kelly said, hey, we can go to Ortha Ray's. And I know he's got crack and he's got money. Now, Ortha Ray lived in the middle of nowhere in a trailer by himself Kelly goes up. Arthur Ray didn't have a phone. So Kelly goes up and knocks on the door. It's nighttime. And Arthur Ray knows her, right? Comes to the door and she's like, hey man, we're here to get some crack. We want to buy some rocks. So he lets them in. Well, once they go in, Dowdrich, Bonacaz, pulls a pistol and tells Arthur Ray it's a robbery. And they take his crack and they take his money. Sugar turn to shit. Bam, Dowdridge's gun goes off and shoots Orthoray in the leg, striking his artery. Now, Orthoray certainly would have lived had they called 911 or anything like that, but they didn't do that. They hauled ass and left him there, and Orthoray didn't have a way of calling anyone when they found the body. He had taken a belt and he had enough sense to try to tourniquet his leg off. So he just bled to death in his trailer. This is what Dowdridge is telling me. He didn't tell me about the bleeding to death part. Kevin and Bart had told me, giving me that information. But Dowdridge that they went over there. Kelly got him to open the door. They go in on the premise of buying crack. Dowdridge said his gun accidentally went off, which I don't believe that should. I think probably Orthrae bucked up on him or started to fight. And he shot him. But anyway, he says that that's what happened and he said he shot him accidentally but they went there with intent to rob him and kelly was the one that was with him so i polygraphed dalridge and he was being truthful about being there that night and about kelly being there and about him shooting dorsey during the the course of the robbery so kevin and bart took his statement and they used that to go and get a warrant for Kelly Bernard and they arrested her and they booked both of them for second degree murder. They booked them into the St. Helena jail for second degree murder and armed robbery. Now St. Helena did not house women inmates at that time. So Kelly was transported to her second home, the Livingston Parish Jail, where she was held in good six-year-old cold case homicide that was solved. But man, the family when they brought Kelly to St. Helena and Dalbridge in for their pleas and stuff like that, Ortho Ray Dorsey's family was pissed because it turned out like I said earlier that Kelly knew. Fourth array, but not only did she know him, she played the family the whole six years. She would hug him and tell him she was sorry and she didn't have anything to do with it. And the family was really pissed. And there's one news article where the family talks about what they want. And I want to read you a quote out of it. You need, and y'all know I don't do quotes often, but this, this goes to show you Kelly Bernard's twisted evil mindset. They said for six years she acted like a friend to the family, mourning the loss of their loved one. And family members got a chance to confront the two suspects face-to-face, and this time around it was on different terms. Viola Dorsey says, She would come in my house, use my phone, knowing she had killed my son. Family members of Arthur Ray Dorsey waited anxiously in front of the St. Helena jail for their chance to confront a woman they thought was a friend. Dorsey's sister, Maudine and his mother, Viola, spoke of how close Ortha was with Kelly Bernard. Dorsey says, My son used to run with her. She lived behind my house and with my son, Maldine Dupree says. I just saw her not too long ago. She was giving me a hug and told me she didn't do it. So that goes to show you uh, the mindset. And also, Kelly and Dowdridge went to Arthur Ray's funeral. Now think about that. You know you killed the dude, even if the initial intent wasn't to kill him or whatever. You go to his funeral, then you hide out on it for six years, and you get away with it. And she's just a special kind of shitbag in my book. but the, And Dowdridge also... So, they go up, and I told you the original charge of second-degree murder and armed robbery. And Kelly denies anything, and then it drags out for a little while, almost maybe two years. And instead of going to trial, they both ended up pleading out. Now, they pled to the lesser charge of manslaughter, and Kelly received 40 years with the Department of Corrections. But... They suspend it all but 10 of the years, which means she had to do 10 years flat, but that's a hell of a deal, right? Out of 40 years, but they gave her credit for time served for all her charges since pending since 2001 it really was a sweetheart of a deal for her. all the cases she had pending all the small cases and everything else. If they had to go through and prosecute all that shit, it would have taken forever and she would have got a lot more years. Plus, The trial, unfortunately, if you're a poor black crack dealer from Saint Helena Parish, uh, you know it's not like there's a whole lot of people up there to vote and put political pressure on people and stuff like that. And so it sucks for the family; it really does. And it sucks for Ray Dorsey. He was murdered. It doesn't matter to me if you're a dope dealer or not. Nobody deserves to be shot and left to bleed out to the point where you cognizant enough where you know you need to stop the bleeding in your leg, but you can't call anybody. You're in the middle of bum fuck Egypt. So it's a bad deal. But Kelly Bernard served ten years and guess what? She got out in two thousand and eighteen. At the time I'm recording this, she's been on the street for almost a year, y'all. Can you believe that? All the crimes, all the stuff all the crimes, all the stuff that girl did, all the time she was arrested, living the crack life, and she served 10 years and got out and is not on probation, not on parole or anything, just flat 10 years and got out. So I can only hope that she turned her life around and found Jesus or whatever, got some kind of degree inside and stays off the crack pipe. Because otherwise, I'm sure should be a frequent flyer again. And Dalrich Bonacast got 40 years and they suspended all but 12. So he had to do 12 years. That's the way it rolls, I guess, is the way the ball bounces. And it's a good cold case. And I mean, it's, it's not anything that's famous. They're going to make the national news. You're not going to find many news articles on it. But interesting enough, and that Kelly Bernard. High as a kite one night, called the sheriff in the middle of the night and filed a complaint verbally over the phone on me. And I hadn't seen her in five months. And so I took no small amount of pleasure that day when we arrested her. And I said, Hey, Kelly, you remember calling the sheriff up in the middle of the night and, and telling him I was harassing you and I hadn't even seen you in five months? I said, What you going to call and say to him now, girl? And she said, Fuck you, Woody Overton. <laughs> so anyway, prayers and heartfelt sympathies for the Dorsey family like I said nobody deserves to die like that and it doesn't matter what your occupation is and and as far as the sentencing it looks good on paper 40 years but you get out in 10 it is what it is I understand why the district attorney would do that to avoid all the different trials etc let's do sphincter scale y'all and Kelly Lynn Bernard I am giving her like the cracked out Kelly Lynn Bernard, I'm giving eight and a half on the sphincter scale just for being a career criminal and always getting out of trouble and always skating. And then to murder somebody like that or take part in the murder of someone like that. And in Louisiana, if you're there during the commission or a robbery, and someone dies, even if you didn't pull the trigger, you're just as culpable, right? It's just like you did pull the trigger. But I'm giving her eight and a half assholes and eight and a half sphincters. And, Dalridge, I don't know, I'm going to give him like seven on the Spencer scale. At least he owned up to his shit, right? Y'all let me know what you think. Really, really appreciate you listening and stay tuned for some shout outs. That's the end of this episode of Catch You Later and don't let me catch you down on Murder By You. I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime. Okay, y'all, I want to give some shout out to our newest patron members in Miss Tina Benton. Now I've known Tina for many, many, many years. She was career law enforcement, her husband's career law enforcement. Uh, he's double career law enforcement, retired wildlife fisheries agent, and then went to work for the sheriff's office. Tina, we really appreciate you listening and tuning in and I'm glad Karen Ortolano turned you on to it. And I know you know most of the stories, but I still appreciate you. And thanks for listening. Okay. And then Miss Rosa Ortega is a tier three patron member. Miss Rosa, we really appreciate you and, and thrilled to have you as a listener. And thank you so much for supporting us through Patreon. It means a lot and allows us to do a lot of these extra things. And as y'all know, patron members know you got your second bonus mini episode this week released to you and next week you'll get your second bonus full episode of Real Life Real Crime. So we appreciate you Miss Rosa and then Miss Rika, R-I-C-A Ketchum, K-E-T-C-H-M Miss Rika really really appreciate you and thank you for tuning in and pledging and being a tier 3 patron member and we couldn't do it without your support. Y'all don't forget to use your benefits as patrons, right? So each tier has different benefits, but certainly use the hotline, real life, real crime hotline number that you've been sent and call in and give. it. You can say anything you want to say or ask me any kind of questions you want to ask. Or if you ask a question or just shout outs, whatever. Once I get enough in y'all, I'll do our second real life, real crime hotline episode and it'll be released to everybody and we had a huge success with the last one everybody loved it so y'all call it in and leave it You patron members and we'll get you that patron member benefit and of course you're listed on our website and you get your discount in the merchandise store that is really coming along y'all we posted some videos this past week of the different designs and colors on the shirts and All that are done by Blue Line Graphics, Brad and Tanya Truel, good friends of ours. And Brad's a career law enforcement officer also. They do all the printing and stuff and they can design anything that you want. Shirts or koozies or hats or whatever. So if you need something done, get in contact with us and we'll give you their number. So don't forget your merchandise discount, like I said, and the hotline number. And of course, you're going to get your shout outs. At the end of next week's show, I'm going to go through the whole patron list again. But I I will. I promise you, I'll I'll give you a shout out at least once a month. You're going to hear your name because it means a lot to me. And that's the least I can do is give you a shout out. And there's some other benefits, y'all. But we appreciate you and we thank you. If you're not a patron member. Go check it out, RLRCPodcast.com, or go to our website, whatever. Click on anything you want pretty much. We post it on our pages, et cetera, and check it out. You could join and and get some of the benefits. And it's almost worth it just if you're going to order one shirt, right, to get a 30% discount and what have you. But we appreciate the patron members, and if you're not a member, give it a look. You know, we really, really appreciate it. And so also this week we're putting up a button called – the Lanyap Fund. Now, Lanyap is a Cajun term, and I always say it around here, uh, so what? That was Lanyap, right? And so Lanyap is a Cajun term. It just means extra or bonus or free. So we're going to put up uh, the Lanyap button if you want to donate something through the Lanyap button. I'm going to give you a shout out. I've seen other true crime podcasts where they have whatever, Donut Funds or Beer Funds or whatever they named it. I'm going to name mine Lanyap Fund. All right? Any support y'all that you can give, we really appreciate it. All of our fans, we love you all. If you can't become a patron member or you don't want to, hey, that's totally cool. I got no problem with that. I love you, love you, love you. But what you could do, I would ask you to do, is what you've already been doing that's making us grow so Fast, right? As y'all have been telling other people about real life, real crime. And they have been downloading us and viewing us and it's growing and growing. I've watched the numbers all day, every day. I said, I'm like a crackhead checking the numbers and they're growing every day across every episode that we've released. We still get new viewers every day and we're almost doing a thousand a day on downloads which is awesome and it's because you our listeners our fans are liking and sharing and we really appreciate it and we can't thank you enough we're going to promise to continue to try to give you a better podcast better editing if you will better content on my part and we just want to do better and we'll give you the best podcast that we can so if y'all have any complaints or criticisms or gripes or bitches or whatever let us know send me a message i love constructive criticism you know i get it a lot and we try to work on the things that people have complained about and i think we fixed most of them and some of them some people are just being assholes (laughs) but the and they're not fans anyway they're the ones that left a few bad reviews on itunes our fans share it y'all if each of y'all told One other person, it'd be huge for us. So you don't have to be a patron member. I love you. Patron, we love you too. And if you want to hit the lanyard button, hey, that's cool too. But you certainly don't have to do it. You will definitely still get your Friday episodes. As long as I'm breathing and able to produce these shows, I'm going to be laying down the tracks. As long as you're listening, I'm going to keep doing it. And I love each and every one of you. Really appreciate you. Dream Team moderators, you know you rock it. And those are the ladies that run fan page on Facebook. And they know who they are. And they are instrumental in pushing us every day in every way. And I love y'all. All the fans, we love you. Patron, we love you. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Thank you. And till next week. She too. Me. <laughs>